Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Everyone, it's so good to be here and especially such a pleasure to speak to you again. What a privilege it is. And before I get to my message, I just want to thank you to all of you guys who worked so hard last weekend you know, hosting and preparing and working together just to have this wonderful weekend of the Infused Weekend. It worked out so great, and thank you, young people, for participating. You did an awesome job. And also to Teresa and Dylan, who hold all of them on the last night from Sunday night. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing that. Jerusalem, the city of peace forever. Friend, if somebody quickly mentioned to you, Jerusalem, What's the first thing that will come to your mind? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? What do you think about? Conflict. Conflict. But we, we go straight to the city that is right here. We know its geographical location, where it is, in the Middle East, right? We think about the new and modern Jerusalem that is right here. And that's obvious. That's how we're trained through all these years reading the Bible, right? Jerusalem is a very popular word in your Bible. Jerusalem is mentioned 810 times in King James Version alone, 661 times in the Old Testament, and 149 times in the New Testament. And, you know, it's got a long history. As a city, it's got a long history. Jerusalem has been attacked 52 times in its history, captured and recaptured 44 times, besieged 23 times, and destroyed, totally destroyed, twice. The older part of the city was actually settled in the 4th millennium B.C., making Jerusalem one of the oldest cities in the entire world. The oldest city in the entire world. Now, how many of you, by chance, think about the New Jerusalem? See how our mind is trained? When we think Jerusalem, we think just about one location. One specific location that is right there in the Middle East. Jerusalem, where we know where it is. Conflict, a city of conflict, and city that all three religions have some claim to it, from Christianity to the Muslim to the, to the Jews. But what I want to do today, through my sermon today, can you, can you show the New Jerusalem? I know we don't have the actual pictures of the New Jerusalem, how it's going to be look like, but it's just some people's imagination. But what I want to do today, I want to show you that as we go through the Bible, we have to be very careful of which city the prophet is speaking, whether it's the old one, the earthly one, or the prophecy is relating to the new one. If we don't know the difference, we might be confused, as many Christians are. For example, President Trump wants to make Jerusalem, wants to move his embassy to the Jerusalem that is today in this, creating more conflict for everybody around, you know, than, than you can imagine. And he said that he will do it. He will move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem as the first state ever to do such a bold move, right? Is it right or wrong? It's not to me to judge. But as we go through the Bible, I want to show you some examples. And to start it, we have to start slow. We have to start it from the tabernacle and from the temple. And as we, as we move on, we'll go to the city. Let's just refresh our memory. And let's just go quickly to Exodus chapter 25. 
Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25, and let's read it here in verse 8 and 9. And look at the instruction that Moses got from God. And let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. And he says in verse 9, according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishing, just so you shall make it. So at least we know that there was like an actual, you know, actual tabernacle somewhere. The one on the earth, it was just a copy. The one on the earth wasn't the real one. It was just the copy of something real one. Skip down to verse 40 here. The same chapter, verse 40. And see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. God is very specific. I have the actual thing. I'll give you a copy. I want you to make something that's going to look as similar to the one that I, that I have. Very particular. And now, we know, even in the New Testament, if you go to the book of Hebrew, brother, we go through many scriptures today, so lick your fingers, and later I will show you how you place in one space, because we move from Old Testament to the New Testament, forward and back. But in the book of Hebrews, quickly here, Hebrew chapter 8, Hebrew chapter 8, and in verse 4, Apostle Paul here writes here the same thing for, but he says, for, it, for if it were on earth, he would not be a priest, since, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. Verse 5, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Referring to the same scripture that you read in Exodus right there. So there is a real thing and there is just a copy. There is a real thing and it's just a copy. Now as we move on from this tabernacle, eventually the plan, as Pastor Murray mentioned in his three-part sermons, there was a plan to build the temple. And as we go to First Chronicle chapter 28, First Chronicle chapter 28, Another structure didn't come along with just with the human imagination. First Chronicle chapter 28. Look at verse 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know that God of your father... And serve, serve him with a loyal heart when you have a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you up forever. And verse 10. Consider now. For the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. But verse 11 here. Then David gives his son Solomon the plans. David gives him a plan. It didn't come from Solomon and his scholars. He gives him a plan for the, for the vestibule, its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat. Verse 12. And the, and, and, the plans, and the plans for all that he had by the Spirit. The plans all that he had by the Spirit is divinely, is divinely inspired. 
Skip down to verse 19. All this, said David, all this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the words of this plant. Divine inspiration to build something magnificent like the first temple that was standing there. But again, just like the tabernacle, there was a real thing and it was just a copy. Temple, there was the real thing and temple here on earth was just a copy. Now even Solomon, in all his glory, in all his understanding, even knew, even he knew it, what he was building about, that it can be a real thing. If you go to First Kings, go back to First Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8. And here in verse 26, what we actually very much covered by Pastor Murray, the Solomon's prayer. And he's addressing God. He's praying here. He says, and now I pray, O God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. And verse 27, even he knows and understands, but will God indeed dwell on earth? Will that be a proper place, just temple, as magnificent as it was? Will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heavens and heavens of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built. There was a real thing. There was just a copy. When we speak about the temple, there was so magnificent in the Old Testament. Once we move to the New Testament, we don't have to go there. But, you know, actually, let's go there. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. It's not so much about the physical temple. Everything is about the spiritual temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 here. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. We all know the scriptures very well, right? Just to, just to refresh your memory. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? That the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's all the message is all about. It's not about the physical temple. So everything is about the spiritual temple. So now, as we move along here, what about Jerusalem? Is there a real Jerusalem and just the copy? Just like it used to be in tabernacle and with the temple? Let's find out. Let's look at some of the scriptures, for example. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, and let's start from verse 3. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. So we read many scriptures like that, especially through the book of Isaiah and some other prophets. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall be their swords and powershers. We know the rest of it. Now, the question is, are we talking about the physical Jerusalem? Or are we talking about the new Jerusalem? Can the old Jerusalem that is right here can fulfill all of it that is written right here? So I want you to think about it. 
Micah chapter 4. I can go through many scriptures like that. Many. I'll just, just, just speak few. Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. Verse 2. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion the Lord shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Again, similar scripture to the prophet Isaiah. Which Jerusalem are we talking about? It's just the physical, can actually be fulfilled, rebuilt, and fulfilled all of it. To all the prophets are writing, or it's just about the new one. Let's find out. Isaiah 62. Go back to Isaiah. Now, if you're in Isaiah 60, 62, if you have a paper Bible, you can slip there a piece of paper, a marker, because we'll go move forward. So it'll be a little bit easier. I have in my Bible, Isaiah chapter 62. And we'll start here from verse 1 here. So Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. And her salvation as a lamp that burns. Which Jerusalem are we speaking here about? Hold your place here. Hold your place here. Go to Revelation chapter 3. Hold your place in Isaiah 60. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and look at verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar, a pillar in the temple of my God. Speaking to Christians now, if you overcome, will be a pillar, an important structure. And he shall go no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Go back to Isaiah. Go back to Isaiah 62 one more time. Let's read it again from the beginning now. We're going to expand. We're going to read a little bit, a few verses with it. For the Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until her righteousness go forth as, as brightness. And her salvation as a lamp that burns. Verse 2. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness. And all kings your glory. You shall be called by your name. See? You see the connection now? 
You shall be called a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Verse 3. You shall also be crowned of glory. In the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem. In the hand of your God. Verse 4. You shall no longer be termed forsaken. Nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate. But you shall be called. And there is a Hebrew name in my Bible. And I just in translation should be given to you. What does it mean? And you shall be called my delight in her. That's the first word, right? You're checking it? Do you have translation in your Bible? That's what mine says in New King James Version. It says, you shall be called Habziba, whatever. I can't pronounce it, but you know, it's translated. But you shall be called, my delight is in her. And your land, Beulah, which means married. But you shall be called, my delight in her. And the land, married, for the Lord delights in you. And your land shall be married. Put a piece of paper in Isaiah chapter 60. Let's move back all the way to Revelation chapter 21 this time. And hold something. Put a piece of paper of a marker there in Revelation chapter 21. Because we're going to go further and back through the Old Testament, New Testament. Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 2. Then I, John... So the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared this new Jerusalem, this new city that comes from God, prepared as what? As a bride adorned for her husband. Who is the bride in the New Testament? Who is the bride? Church. See the connections where we're going with it? Let's keep reading. Verse 2 now. And just go back to Revelation, just skip to Revelation 19. Revelation 19, and just connect with the Isaiah, which is just read here. Revelation 19, look at verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, his wife, the bride, has come, and his wife made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and bright, and for the final and the righteousness acts of the saints, and he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true saying. These are the true saying. Can you start slowly, make the connections where we're speaking about? It's not just over, okay? The investigation is not over. We're going to go to some more scriptures than that. Revelation chapter 21. Twenty one, look at verse nine. Revelation chapter twenty one and verse nine. Then then one of the seven angels who had the seven balls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Who is this bride? Who is this bride? The lamb's wife. And he carried me away. In the spirit are great and high mountain, and show me the great city, the holy Jerusalem. Holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven 
and from God. Awesome, right? It's a great connection here. So now as we read some of the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, when he's describing a Jerusalem, he's such a, such a splendor, we have to ask ourselves a question. Which Jerusalem is it pointing out? To just the, the physical one or to the spiritual? And whatever Isaiah is writing, John is explaining that actually when what Isaiah was writing, this relates to the new Jerusalem, not to the old one, to the new Jerusalem. Now look here at verse 12, chapter, the same chapter, chapter 21. We're going to go through some details here. Just be patient. If I, if I lose you in any way, just raise your hand. Okay, Raise your hand and say, can you go again? Because I don't understand what you're talking about. 21 verse 12. Also, we're talking about this new Jerusalem, right? Some symbolism here. Also, he had a great and high wall. She had a great and high wall. Now look how descriptions here. With 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. And the name is written on them. The names on each gate that are written of them. Which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. 12 tribes each gate. There is a wall. But on the, along this wall there are 12 gates. And on top of each gate there are names written of the 12 tribes of Israel. 12. It's not just, I want to say magic number. It's not a magic number. 12. Pastor Agent was talking in his Bible study. Why 12 is important? 12 apostles, 12 tribes of Israel, 144 divisive by 12, and everything, and especially in the New Revelation, is a special number. You can Google it. 12 means God's elect, completeness, God's government. That's what it, that's what it is, number 12 in the Bible, right? As we move along. Right government. Now, hold your place here for a moment. You know, as, it, keep in mind, actually, no, we have to read one more verse. Just keep down to verse 19. 17. 17. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man. And that is of the angel. And I think I wanted something else here. Let me see. Uh, we'll come back. Just now go to Zechariah. Put your piece of paper here. Go to Zechariah chapter twelve. Uh, chapter two. Zechariah chapter two. Now we need to find out when he's speaking about the wall, about the gates, if it's just the symbolism, is a figure of speech, or if it's something, you know, if it's gonna be something real. We have to put scripture scriptures together, piece by piece, just to find the answer to it. can be the old one. Now, as you just, just compare this to two chapters, Isaiah 60 and Revelation 21, you see the parallel. That should be enough. That should be, you know, that should be more than enough. But then, you know, there is another term that I want to talk about. As we talk about Jerusalem, we can avoid the other term we use, Zion. Right? Zion. Not the Zion that sometimes comes to speak to us, Brother Zion. I'm thinking a place, right? That many people think the Zion is still in Jerusalem, right there. The physical Jerusalem, okay? Let's look at some scriptures. Micah, chapter 4 again. 
I know it's supposed to rest on a Sabbath, but flipping the pages and writing, I know it's hard. I apologize for that, but sometimes the best way to, you know, to show you something is when you go through your own Bible. Not through my own words and my own interpretation, but let the Bible speak and it interpret itself by itself, right? Micah, chapter 4. Let's read it again. Now it shall come to pass in the later days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the, to, to, to the, house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way, and, and we shall walk in his paths. And look at this verse. For out of Zion, for out of Zion, the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, with Zion. Again, the question is, with Jerusalem, is that just the old one, the physical one? Or maybe we're speaking about the new one. Go to Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 to 3. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous. I am zealous for Zion with great zeal. With great favor I am zealous for her. Thus says the Lord. I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. Is it ever possible that this physical old Jerusalem can be called a city of truth? Is it possible? A city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Just go to Zechariah chapter 6. Just flip your page in your Bible. You'll be flipping. Zechariah chapter 6. And look here at verse 12. Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is what? Remember I asked you to highlight this? The name is Branch. From his place, from his place, he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Not some Jewish Zionist or Christian Zionist. He shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. Old Jerusalem, New Jerusalem. Old Zion or the New Zion. Let's Find a witness. If you can find a witness, what I'm saying is it's true. Let's go to the New Testament now. Let's go to the Hebrew, book of, book of Hebrews again. You know, I might be totally wrong. But let's see what the New Testament says about this, about the New Zion, about the New Jerusalem. If it actually makes any sense. Hebrews chapter 12.
And Paul is here. He's speaking to the Hebrew Christians right there. But he's also, by extension, speaking to us. Look at verse 22. But you, all of us, you and you and you, all of us, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the physical Jerusalem or to the heavenly Jerusalem. See the difference? Which Jerusalem are we coming? To which Jerusalem are we connected? To the old one that is in the Middle East or are we actually connected to the new one for which we are waiting for? To the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the great assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. What amazing scripture. Remember, this scripture is written to the Hebrew Christian that were persecuted, heavily persecuted, and was written before the temple was destroyed. It was kind of Slowly let him then let him then know just don't worry, temple will be raised, temple will be destroyed. That's not your temple. You focus on the new temple that is the new heaven in the in the new Jerusalem. And you know one more time I'll make you go to Isaiah chapter fifty nine, just for a just something that I found very interesting. And it's quoted by Paul. Isaiah chapter fifty nine. Isaiah chapter 59. And look at verse 20. Isaiah 59 and verse 20. The Redeemer, look what it says. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. And some would read this thing and say, you see, you see, Jen, the Redeemer will come not from Zion, but the Redeemer will come to Zion. Right? And you know, it's interesting because the same part of the scripture is actually quoted by Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 11. The Redeemer will come to Zion. Romans 11, and look at verse 26. Look how Paul writes here. And so all Israel will be saved, as it's written. And there is the quote that we read in Isaiah 59. That the liver will come out of Zion. See the difference here? You see it? Will deliver come to Zion or he will come out of Zion? Isaiah was saying the deliverer will come to Zion. But here Paul quotes the same Isaiah 59. He says deliverer will come out of Zion. And he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them. When I take away their sins. Jesus Christ will come out of Zion to save his own people. Now. Let's conclude it, and I, just, I have just two more scriptures just to, to share with you. But let's conclude it here first in Isaiah. Not Isaiah, Galatians. 
Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 22. Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by bondwoman and the other one by free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Verse 24. And he says, This thing, the children of, 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 of Abraham were just, you know, just symbolic. They meant something. Verse 24. Which things are symbolic? For what? For this, is, for this are the two covenants. One from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, Mount Sinai is related to Hagar. Think about it. Mount Sinai is related to Hagar in verse 25. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and it corresponds to the Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Over 2,000 years later, when this book was written, look, the same thing up here. This physical old Jerusalem is still exists there. And it's still in bondage. Right? It's still in bondage. But, verse 26. But the Jerusalem above, it's free. Which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren. You who do not bear, break forth and shout. You who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now, brethren, verse 28, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was, who was born according to the spirit. Even so, it is now. Even so, it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be Heir with the sons of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the bondage, of the bondwoman, but of the free. And my question to you is, as I'm going to soon finish it, why we get so attached to the old Jerusalem? There are Christians who want to become Jews, even in our churches. They want to be Jews. They want to go under the old covenant. I know people in our church who are saying, if there is any conflict in the Middle East, they are ready to go there and fight for Jerusalem. Not the new one, the old one. I'm serious. Okay? There are tons of Christians in North America who give billions of dollars to build a physical temple in Jerusalem. My question is, what for? For what? Christians spend millions of dollars trying to relocate Jews 
from every part of the country just to the middle strip of the land. And let's say, this is my words, imagine one day if something horrible things happen to this little place and destroyed all these people that live there, how would you feel if you were the supporter of it? Just think about it. Do we really know and understand what the scripture is saying? Do we have a clue what the scripture is saying? You know, sometimes we talk so much time about this old Jerusalem and just a little bit about the new one. The new one is some glory that we should be looking for, not the old one. Yes, there are some prophecy for the old ones. Most of them are for the new one. If we understand which one is which one in the Bible prophecy. I just want to conclude with this scripture. But then I look for the discussion. I might be wrong. Please correct me. Maybe I see some things, you know, the wrong way. I'm hoping to have an interesting discussion after sermon discussion. Let's conclude in Isaiah 66. Isaiah chapter 66. And I can't wait. I can't wait till this day. I can't wait here in Isaiah 66. And verse 22. Isaiah 66 and verse 22. And I will leave you with that part of the scripture here today. For us the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Can't wait till this day, brother. Can't wait. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.